it's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome. Welcome, guys, to Money for Lunch. It's good. Always good to have you here. Uh, We are going to dive right into the show. Uh, Let's see. Quote of the day. I'm not a genius. I'm just a hard-working guy by Brian Wilson. And uh, Brian Wilson, in case you don't remember, is from the Beach uh, Beach Boys. Again, I'm not a genius. I'm just a hard-working guy. All right, speaking of hard-working guys, on the show today, Josh Levine. Josh Levine is the best-selling author of Great Mondays, How to Design a Company Culture Employees Love. As a brand strategist and a highly sought-after speaker, he has helped build culture-driven brands for a wide range of organizations, including Silicon Valley, heavy hitters, and prominent nonprofits. Great Monday has won numerous awards, including Best Culture Book of All Time. Josh Levine, welcome to Money for Lunch. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. All right. So I got to ask you, uh, love, uh, before, I guess before I ask you, I love the name of the book, Great Mondays, because uh, a lot of people, as you know, uh, hate Monday. So what was the catalyst? What, what inspired you to write the book? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's two, uh, I would say there's two things, two primary thing experiences that happened for me. One was, uh, I was working for somebody else and I had a great experience working for them, but, um, I had a kid, I, I, we, we had a young kid and I was thinking to myself, what am I doing here at work? It's such a waste. Like, I mean, we're doing okay stuff, but I just wasn't very passionate about it. I'm like, I should be spending time with my new baby. And, uh, and so there's sort of that, like, kind of like, I didn't have anything to do. I can't, couldn't do anything with that at the moment. But like, I was like, I just need to do something better with my life. And I, I feel like that was the kind of crux that kind of thrust me into my career. And then the other piece was, I, you know, eventually I, I kind of I discovered and thought of and started thinking a lot about company culture and, um, you know, my own experiences and others and just felt like we needed a way to talk about it. A lot of people say culture is very uh, like a fuzzy, like a soft stuff. And I, and I, and I just, I just know in my heart and I know now from a lot of the businesses that we've worked with, it's not, it's actually a very, uh, important business tool, and I wanted to get that message out to the world. I wanted to give people a, a, a way to think about culture and and uh, and the sort of the the parts, like the levers that you could pull to actually change the culture inside of your organization to drive the business. Yeah, and, and so my my take on what you said about this uh, culture, some people referring to culture as being this fuzzy thing. It's almost like when people say you know, that, that personalities or people skills or soft skills, right? Man, they're so vitally important. And, you know, and and to me, a great example of how important your culture is, is Zappos. Uh, Zappos is, man, world renowned for its employee cultures, how they love to work there. And I think, it's either once or twice a year uh, they, they 
motivate or will pay their employees to to leave if they're unhappy, right? Hey, here's like five or ten grand, whatever. I don't know how much it is, yeah. but they they, they motivate yeah. the unhappy ones to get out. And that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> it, it, now and so they're the other thing that people sometimes miss about Zappos is that they don't sell the cheapest shoes, but they deliver the best experience. And I think it was uh, Amazon paid like two or three billion dollars yep. because of that. Exactly. That's exactly right. I remember I actually had a conversation with Zappos CEO Tony Shea when that was happening. And um, essentially, uh, I got him to, well, he wasn't going to try to, he was going to, he wasn't going to explicitly admit this, but um, I figured out through our conversation that really the acquisition was because of, it was not because Amazon couldn't sell shoes, right? Like we know Amazon right. can do whatever the hell they want. They acquired right. the company because of the culture that they built. This was, they were not the only ones selling shoes. They were not the, you know, it wasn't this amazing product that nobody else could have. They were selling somebody, you know, other brands, but they, right. it was an acquisition, it was a cultural acquisition. Yeah, and and what's interesting to me is that shortly thereafter uh, that acquisition, Amazon changed its own focus. And you know, for the longest time, Amazon was focused on being the biggest store in the world or something like that. And just I think recently after that acquisition, they started being the most customer centric company in the world. Or mm-hmm. again, their focus yep. changed. And I always yep. attribute that to that acquisition yep. because as they reverse engineer the Zappos organization, they realize, wow, these guys just been over backwards for their customers and look where it's gotten them. And you fast forward today uh, and Amazon is relentlessly working on trying to get the products to us like within hours, right? I mean, the last four or mm-hmm. five items that I bought on Amazon got delivered the same day. Yeah, and it's crazy. And, and now if you want to return an item to Amazon, they will pick it up from your house via UPS. You can deliver it to a, a UPS store. You can take it to a department store, a Kohl's department store. They've made it super simple and in some cases if you take it to a store you don't even need a box or a label just show up they scan your phone they take your, they take the item from your hands and then my refund got to me within an hour after that it's amazing and it is. i will challenge i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to push back and say actually Okay, so they prioritize the customer, and that's great. That's what we've been talking about, the user experience, like all the time. Like we've been talking about this for a decade. But now there's a lot of noise in the market about as they're expanding, as Amazon is expanding, actually what the culture inside of that organization is like. And it's, the reports are it's really, it's really hard. It's really like it's very hard driving. And there's, there's been a number of, of, of uh, investigative journalism uh, reports about this, and, it's, and, and people are t- not everybody likes it. And I, and I think what's interesting about this is that I – and I've talked to not a lot of people about this. 
I would never say that there's a good culture and a bad culture. There's no such thing as that. If, it's, if that's the kind of organization you want to run, and, that's, and, it's, and it's legal, right? Like you're, right. Not, you're not under whatever it is, that's fine. That's the kind of outcome you want. I personally don't believe that's the way to run a business, but I'm not saying – but I would never say Amazon has a shitty uh, 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 culture. It's got to be – it's got to – you know, it's like you can run the, cult, the culture however you want depending on what the outcomes are. So for me, when I think about, okay, what are the – you know, what is the customer experience, they've prioritized that, but at the expense of the employee experience, are we going to see a, a shift in that? Are we going to see, you know, where, where they're not going to be able to employ the, the, the right kind of people, or what, is, what does it mean for that? And I, and I just – it's really important because a lot of people are like, how do I have a good culture? It's like – what is it you're trying to do? What is the outcome that you're trying to have? What do you want your employees to prioritize? Are you looking to be innovative or collaborative? Do you want to be really diverse? Do you want to, you know, drive that, you know, drive that bottom line at all costs? Then you can uh, make sure that your culture is or is not aligned with that, with that outcome. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it is, it is amazing how important culture is. Um, all right. So, and, and, you know, we could, again, we could talk about this and, and uh, of course, that's the whole point of the book, Great Mondays. Uh, I, I do want to talk about this because in the book, you talk about 10 trends. I think you refer to them as 10 mega trends that will radically change markets Let's talk about these these ten megatrends real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we uh, so there's I think there's a couple there's a couple that I want to hit on that uh, that are um, kind of rise to the top. Okay. Um, one uh, one is that here. So I'm I'm calling it. You know, I'm here and, and do my work from the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, and it, and it's um, it almost feels like the future. Silicon Valley is, is these companies are moving so fast and the, the market competition is so intense that it's, you look at the, it, the industries are just evolving very quickly. And what we have out here is, I think, emblematic of the trend of the entire market, which is uh, radically um, shorter and shorter tenures. Employees only work for an average of 18 months at a single company out here, 18 wow. months. Around the, around the country, it's more like 24 or 36, but it's coming down very quickly. So if you think about what that, what that portends, it is really, you, you, as, an, as a business owner, as a business owner, you have to think, oh my gosh, I, do I invest heavily in retention programs, which is what everybody's doing. Or do I embrace this change and think about how do, I, how do I change the way I run my business so that when people come in, we don't pretend like they're going to they're gonna work for us forever. We just, it, it, there's this, there's, this, uh, there's got to be a, an agreement. It's like, hey, I know you're not going to be here forever. Let's do the best work we can while, while you're here. And you can't let it disrupt your entire business when they leave. I feel like that is like I keep I see these businesses and they're like people are leaving and and it's like it disrupts their business like it's like hitting your head on the wall over and over again you're like what what are you expecting they're gonna they're it's like headhunters come after the best talent 
they're gonna if you don't have a Google sized salary to offer people, then you better have something else to try to keep their butts in the seats. It's like these people are gonna go. So what we have to do as business owners, as managers, we have to reinvent the way our companies run. What are the operations? What are the processes in order to not only put up with this shortened tenure, but actually take advantage of that. So I have a few suggestions for business owners to think about. One is, like we talked about, don't pretend like they're going to be there forever. Someone's going to show up and say, great. Uh, I know that, you know, you are the, given the average tenure is, you know, maybe a year, a year and a half. Let's see what we can get done in that time. Number two, to facilitate that, we have to say, okay, what are the projects that you're going to work on? How do we get you productive on those projects as soon as possible? And how do we get you, how do we create an experience for you where you feel productive and you're accomplished? And then once we achieve those goals, right, those, the, the, the KPIs, the launch the product, then we can have a conversation and say, hey, do you want to keep working? Do you want to keep doing the, do you like what we did here? Then let's do that. And, and this is instead of, I'm not saying that retention programs are a bad idea, but I think we're going to see within five years that they're just not going to be worth the, 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 the time and energy and money we put into retention programs. I think we just have to be upfront and say, hey, look, you're coming here to do good work. We want you to do it um, really well for six or 12 months. And then if we treat you really well, if you enjoy the work, if we had a great team, we had a culture that you really gelled with, then maybe you want to sign up again and say, hey, let's, let's do another project. Let's think about it again. So that's one of the big kind of mega, this is what I call mega trends, mega trends that are going to be really uh, affecting the, the, the workplace and businesses across the country very soon, a lot sooner than you would think, a lot sooner than you would think. Yeah. Well, you know what? And I think uh, uh, this is, this one trend you're talking about, I think it is, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, really, it's, you're starting to see it now. You're starting to see it now. It's not just about a quote a hiring bonus, but also, you know, what do you do to keep those top talented people? Like you said, you know, unless you can offer them, you know, maybe some big bucks or something else, they're go- they're eventually going to go. That's just the mm-hmm. way human nature is, uh, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out what somebody wants because it's not always money. Even though we think it's always money, it's not necessarily always money. I mean, some people will stay because you're going to allow them, you're going to allow them to work from home three days a week or, you know, whatever the deal is back to, you know, your scenario with your new baby. I mean, uh, my son is working for a company and uh, they're expecting their first, their first child and they're giving him two months maternity leave. Yeah. It's like, you know, he he says, I don't know what to do with two months off. He says, I think I'm going to go work part time. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, wow. Well, you know, but yeah. but it's but yeah, there is. Don't but don't con- don't confuse the work itself for the perks. I mean, I think I think yeah. we should be offering the you know full pay with you know majority paid maternity leave or paternity leave. I think those are great things. 
What one of the things that I talk with my clients all about because they're like, how do I? Again, right? It's like out here. It's unless you're Facebook or Google or someone else that just got a gazillion dollars, you, there's no way that you're going to compete with them. And what I say is, you've got to find, you've got to define your purpose. The organization has to have a purpose. Why you're in business beyond making money? What is it you're trying to do? And then find the people that want to do that with you, that have that personal goal to to also like to, that align or resonate with that same idea. It's like then you're going to get people that are fully engaged. You're if you were thinking about a retention, if you're a retention program, it's already too late. You've got to start with that and say, this is why we're in business. This is what we're trying to do. And, that, and, and, and the people who will want to do that with you will show up and work extremely hard because it's fulfilling something for themselves. So don't, don't confuse purpose with perks, right? Perks, yeah. is, it's like you can't out-perk the next guy. I mean, it's like it's, we've, already, we've, already, we've already passed peak perk, at least here in, here in the Valley. It's just like, it's so much. You're like, I'm going to do your dog's dry cleaning, and we have like baristas at every, you know, little corner and cafe. It doesn't matter. Those things wear off. Those are extrinsic motivators. I don't care about the free kombucha. It's nice. It's nice to have free lunch, but that's, that's not why we're coming to work. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and I like the way you said that. Okay, so that's one major trend. Let's talk about the other major trend. Uh, you, again, you mentioned 10 in the book. But let's just uh, go. Just let's talk about uh, the second one. So we'll just talk two out of ten. Okay, great. Um, uh, extreme, extreme distributed workforces. Extreme distrib- distributed workforces. So we're already seeing an uptick in um, remote employees. And what I what I see coming down the pike is that as this as we have, we're looking for more and more talent that fits with our culture, that wants to do, that's, that's aligned with our purpose, that wants, want to do these amazing things for us. We're, the technology is in such a place that actually they don't need to come in. They don't need to be in the office. They can be very productive. They can be contributors. And if they want to live in a, in a, in a, uh, a, a, a place that's less expensive than the, you know, urban centers. Uh, it, it, you know, here again, like in the Bay Area or New York, it's it, these major metropolitan areas are so expensive. You're gonna, but there's a lot of talented people that are way out there, and so you're looking at extreme distributed workforces. Add to that, when I talk about extreme, I'm not just talking about two hours outside of Toronto. I'm also talking about um, India. And I'm also talking about, you know, across the, across the globe. So you're having these, you know, a lot of companies have offices and have work, work teams that are across the globe. And so what, you're, what that then drives is, is what I'm calling micro-multinationals. And what that, that is, uh, I think we're going to see a major trend towards that because there is, I think the primary driver is economic. Uh, it is going to be you're able to find very talented people for a lot less money, and they're able to do – they have these skills, and they're able to do work at night, <laughs> right? If they're across the globe, right. we're sleeping. You give them an assignment, and then you wake up the next day, it's done. 
So we're getting product, you know, productive. So you have economic incentives, you have productive incentives. Uh, and it's becoming, you know, in spite of the nationalism, I think the sort of a blip of nationalism, it's a global, it's a global economy. And we are, you know, going to be, you know, looking to produce and deliver for people around the world. And, and so I would say the other, what happens then is we're no longer going to see a, uh, what, like a, the, the concept of a work day is 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 going to slowly deteriorate because you know I was just talking to somebody um, yesterday whose friend uh, she manages a team in Japan and she manages a team in Europe and so she's like you know she rolls into the office at noon because she was up at you know 2 a.m. and then 5 a.m. trying to manage her teams so you you've got you really you're going to see uh, it's like nine to five. <laughs> Forget it. Like if you're if you're uh, working from a different time zone, even in the United States, you're working. At, it's just just not reasonable to say, okay, everybody up at the exact same time. And so those are that's kind of a, a clustering of of mega trends that we're going to see in, coming down. I think I think five years or less, we're going to well, we start like you said, we're starting to see some of these things happen. And uh, and the question then becomes, how will we change our businesses in order to uh, not just put up with, I said this before, not just put up with, but take advantage of the trends that are starting to happen. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of trends uh, that are starting to happen, I want to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about the gender pay gap. Uh, mm. I want to talk about this. You know, in my impression is, and, and I've not done a, a survey, you know, so give me your thoughts on this, but my, my perception is that it's, it's getting better or the gap is not as wide as it used to be. Uh, talk about this. Am I right? Is it still completely, uh, th is there a huge discrepancy? Give me your thoughts. What's going on with the, with the gender pay gap? Um, and it is, it is getting better. It is still not good. The gap okay. is, is perhaps getting a little bit better. So it's moving in the right direction, but it's still not good. What the research show is that the, the um, men and women will have the same or similar, very similar trajectories um, early in their careers. And I think when we think about um, a lot of this advice, which I think is great where, um, you know, it's like women learn to, you know, uh, speak up, uh, you, you know, it's like learn to call out the, the, the white guy in the room that's, that's trying to, you know, interrupt or, you know, mansplain. Okay, great, yes, we need to step forward and step up and, and you know, have, have women be able to voice their, their opinions in a way that is um, going to give them that credibility. That's wonderful. So that, that we're going to, you know, I think that continues to be uh, an excellent trend early in their career, all the way right until uh, mid, the mid to late 20s, when uh, most women will tend to have a, a child, they'll tend to have a kid. And it's at that moment when there is a split in the, in the, in the pay gap, uh, in the, a, a, a split in the trend, um, where men will continue to um, climb, and make more, and women will actually not because they take. We just talked earlier. Would take maternity leave, and what happens is that they don't have. It it, it just it sends them on a completely different path, 
and I'm not saying this is ideal nor the way it should, should be, but it's what's happening right now. And so the question then becomes, how do we empower women? What are the things that we can do? And I don't have all the answers, but what are the things that we can do to help women um, sustain that, that pay trajectory that enables them to close the gap after they have kids? Because I don't think that, that people should stop having kids. I don't think women, you know, I think it's an important piece of what's going on. So we've already talked about one of them with your son, which is that paternity leave. So right. can men can men have paternity leave? They certainly should. Can women need to have full paid maternity leave? The, this is a, a big piece of it, but that doesn't that doesn't solve all of it. One of the creative solutions that I saw is the head of HR for Patagonia, the outdoor um, the outfitter uh, here based in the Bay Area. They have on-site daycare. And it's, they make it a priority that their families stay together. And so what that has done, it has facilitated women coming back to be productive sooner than they would otherwise. Because it's really painful to be able to say, okay, after three months or six months, I'm going to drop my kid off at daycare. I don't see them all day. So that I just when – I, when I saw um, – when I read about this and then I saw a talk on it, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Like, of course, like that facilitates people coming back. And now you get back to that earlier conversation that we had, which is how do you get people to stay at your organization? Well, if they can be a family together, if you can go and yep. breastfeed in the middle of you can write all of these things. Then you're gonna you're gonna show up sooner. You're gonna do better work because your mind's not. You, you know that you can go see your kid right away. There's, there's and it's just incredible. It's an incredible case study. Um, and I, so I think we're we're really looking at. Um, there's got to be a massive shift, and I don't think it's going to be. I don't think that, that that we're going to rely on the government for this kind of you know full pay maternity paternity leave. I think it's going to be the the companies that are going to want to provide this so that people can be productive and come back and actually say, look, this is part and parcel of what I want to do. So that that I think is where we start to um, really dig into the core of this of this challenge. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And it's it's in one sense, kind of, in one sense, it's kind of a weird thing. It, it's to discriminate women because of their ability to procreate, right? Uh, and and it, it just seems, you know, silly to me. And I, I say that. Because, you know, at first, I, at first when I was, let's say, uh, young and dumb and whatever, I, to me, I just like, uh, I bought into that discrimination, right? I bought into the fact mm-hmm. that, well, you know, if they're going to take all this time off to have kids, that's a decision that, that theoretically they've made with their spouse, and therefore they have to, you know, that, that should not be necessarily a burden that the company takes on. And, and, and to some extent, maybe that's true, but... I know that if I want to better serve my female employees, I'm going to do what I can to make them feel good about being a mom. Because really, there is nothing more important than a child with a good self-esteem 
and a child is not going to have a good self-esteem without their parents. And you look at all the weird craziness that's going on on the planet today or in America today, and a lot of it has to do with poor self-esteem. And let me tell you, yes, it's great that you can take them to to daycare, and that's wonderful, uh, but it's not the same as a parent spending time with that kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's a, yeah, it's, anyway, so it's, it's just an amazing thing, and uh, I think that um, – what do you call it? Uh, it you know, you, you, we are watching this stuff evolve, and, and every now and then – I don't know if you've come across this yet, uh, but every now and then, Josh, I get some guy who really has a tough time – Dealing with all these changes, they're, you know, they're they're like, hey, yeah. we're being pushed, you know, we're we're being we're being pushed around, and and women are now being treated, um, they're getting preferential treatment, and and I and I'm always fascinated to listen to them complain and whine and this and that, and, and the reality is, in some cases, maybe they are getting preferential treatment, but you know, men have been getting preferential treatment for years. <laughs> exactly. We should give everybody preferential treatment. <laughs> That's right. I mean, That's right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I saw. I saw a meme. I saw a meme that that was uh, like two women talking. It's like go go in there with the confidence of an incredibly average white white man, right? Like it's <laughs> it's, it's just it's just right? it's just not. Uh, I, I think I, I do think that we're. I mean, to your initial. I mean, to your your first point. I, I think we are on the right path. I think people, you know, are aware of it. I think it is a massive, let's say, capital T culture change in our society. Uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm very hopeful that we're going to start to see more organizations and businesses push this forward as a priority, as, as they have embraced, um, you know, DNI, diversity and inclusion, as a business tool, be able to hold on to, keep, um, and, and support uh, the other goddamn half of the population. I mean, it's like, it's so, it's just so asinine to your point, right? Where it's like, it's, it's like, I can't believe that we're not, but it's institutionalized. It's just, it's a, it's it a problem that's institutionalized. Well, not only is it, is, is it institutionalized, but then again, we're having to deal with this, uh, what do they call it? Uh, is it inherent bias? Anyway, this yeah. you know this yeah, bias that we bias. all have. Unconscious what bias. is it? Yeah, unconscious bias. Unconscious bias. Thank you. That we all have towards different people, towards different races, towards different genders, towards different whatever. We all are dealing with this unconscious bias, uh, and and you can and this unconscious bias. Not only is it in the workplace, but it's in the family. You know, it's in the you know, we call it around yep. the kitchen table. I mean, uh, it yep. just happens. Yep. And and uh, you know what? We're out of time. And I uh, I did a uh, I did want to promote the book one more time. The book again is called Great Mondays: How to Design a Company Culture Employees Love. And you can find it at Amazon. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. The author is Josh Levine or Levine. Levine, Levine. Levine. 
And again, the book, Great Mondays, How to Design a Company Culture Employees Love. Josh, thank you so much for stopping by and sharing. Oh, Bernie, it was really enjoyable. Thanks for having me. You bet. Good stuff there from best-selling author Josh Levine. Again, the book, Great Mondays, How to Design a Company Culture Employees Love. Culture really is everything. You can have the world's greatest strategy, but if you have a, the world's worst culture, your culture will kick strategy in the butt every time. Your strategy cannot survive a bad culture. And so check it out. And as always, my friends, let's share this episode with as many people as we know. Let's help everybody create a better culture, right? Hire and retain better employees. As always, my friends, remember you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.